So let us begin. Yesterday's daf was Nun Aleph number 51. Today is Nun Beis number 52. And we'll do a review of yesterday's daf. We are learning. And we'll have a mind also for Shalemit to all who need it. And with that, let's get started on the review of yesterday's daf. We are starting at uh, the the review on Daf Nun Amid Beis at the uh, Rabbi Yuda. We're talking about a person um, by mistake. He, by mistake, he uh, he put the food into his mouth and he forgot to make the bracha. So we saw the idea that you push it to the side of your mouth so that you can still say the bracha. Now, we saw in the Brisa three positions, three ideas. Number one is you swallow it and you won't make a bracha on what you, what you put in your mouth. There's another b'risa that says that you need to spit it out, and another b'risa that says that you need to put it to the side of your mouth. And they're not contradicting each other. They're talking about three different types of food. When it says swallow, that means that we're talking about liquid where there is basically no good options. You can't spit it out because then it will go to waste. You're not going to drink it back. Um, you can't put it to the side of your mouth and say a bracha because you'll choke. And you can't, uh, so, so basically, uh, the only option that we say is just swallow it down. And then when you have your next sip, you'll make a brach on the next one. Next, uh, we saw is uh, the price that says that you spit it out. That's something that's not going to be disgusting once you spit it out, so you still be will, will be willing to eat it. Good example of this is a you pop the grape into your mouth. You didn't yet chew it down. So... Um, it's, and then you realize, so instead of putting it to the side of your mouth, you're supposed to spit it back out and, um, and then make the bracha and then eat it. And the brisa that says, um, um, put it to the side of your mouth, that's something that if I spit it out, it would, it would be disgusting. You wouldn't be willing to do it. So it's going to go to waste if you spit it out. So therefore, you just put it on the side of your mouth. Now, the Gemara asks, why don't we say that something that's uh, disgusting and that's not disgusting is also put on the side of your mouth? What's the difference? The answer is, so Rabbi Yitzchak Kaskasa explains in front of Rabbi Yosi in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, that is, the reason is, is because it's not ideal. It, all things being equal, if you could spit it out, then it won't be ruined, so it won't be wasteful. So then that is a better option, and therefore... You would do so because the Pasuk says, You want the mouth to be full of God's praise, and it shouldn't be half with the grape and half with praise. So that's why, ideally, if you can, you should spit it out. Okay, next we saw the Yesra of the question, what if somebody who ate and drank and didn't uh, make the bracha on the food or the drink, can he do the bracha now after he ate and drank? So he says, what do you mean, man? If you ate garlic... And it smells bad. You can eat more garlic to smell worse. What's the point? Why? Why would you say that's the right thing to do? So, um, so Ravina says, uh, meaning that that now it's too late. Really, so that's really that's what it seems to be. Ravina says that it's the other way around. That uh, that if even after you finish eating, you can still say the bracha birchas hananim even afterwards, and the proof is from a b'risa, because the b'risa talks about somebody went to mikvah after his tummy, and he comes up from the mikvah, and he says the bracha. How do you do that after the fact? It must be that you could make a bracha even after the fact. He says, though you already was tova. So the Gemara says that's not a good comparison, even though that is what, uh, it's true there, but it's not going to apply here. Why? Because there, the person wasn't fit to say this bracha before, because he was tummy, tummy scary. 
not allowed to make a bracha. So if you're not allowed to make a bracha, there is no only, there's only one option. That only option is to make the bracha afterwards. And then it's okay. Over here, you were fit to make a bracha before. You just neglected to do so. You forgot to do so. So then you would have, you, once you missed the opportunity to make a bracha, it's too late already if you already ate. That's the story. Next thing we talked about is this uh, drink that uh, was a, a drunk every morning on an empty stomach, specifically for medicinal purposes. So what was this? Is some type of um, fermented, clearly a fermented drink, um, and it consisted of something uh, intoxicating. We'll see what it is. And uh, basically, so first of all, um, we said about the asparagus that it's, that it's good for the heart and good for the eyes, and it's especially good or exceptionally good for the stomach. And if you have it regular, so then it's good for your entire body. But if you overdo it, you get drunk from it, so then it's difficult for your entire body. Now, the question is this. If you say it's good for the heart, that would clearly indicate that it's a wine-based drink. And if it's a wine-based drink, that's good for the heart. We know about that. But why would you say that it's surely good for the stomach? Because uh, we know that any wine-based thing is good for la'at, which is lave, ayin, and chul. It's good for the heart, for the eyes, and for the spleen. But it's bad for ramat, which is the head, gives you headaches. You can get a headache from the wine product. And your stomach, can you get a stomach ache? Uh, it's too sweet. And it's bad for hemorrhoids, for tachtoni. Okay, so, so um, how does this work? So the Mark explains... And what we're talking about over here is an aged product. And since it's aged, it is better, it is um, healthier, for, it's not harmful for the stomach. And that's what the Mishnah says. person makes a vow that he's not going to drink wine. So, because, and he says, why I'm not drinking wine? Because wine is so bad for the stomach. So I don't want to have a stomachache ever again. And he swears off wine. So they told him, so they told him, but old wine is, is not bad on the stomach. So, in his quiet, so the Allah is, is that he's only prohibiting himself from the new wine and not from the old wine. So, you see that uh, old wine is not bad on the stomach. It, maybe it's good for the stomach, and therefore that would explain what's going on over here with this asparagus. Next, we saw that there are six things said about asparagus how to drink it. It's not so simple. So, number one, you'd only drink it when it's straight up, you're not allowed to dilute. The asparagus, you've got to keep it at full strength. No more. Number two, you have a full cup. Number three, you receive it with your right hand and drink it with your left hand. Number four, you don't talk afterwards. Okay? Number five, um, you don't drink it in sips. You down the whole cup, whole goblet. Number two, you only give it back to the person who gave it to you. And you should spit afterwards and not... Um, and not follow it up with uh, any other food other than what it's based on, whatever food it's made out of. I, it says that uh, it's only supposed to be followed up with bread. So the Gemara explains that there's two types of asparagus. There's the drink that's based on wine product. It's you know, The primary material is wine. And then it is okay and appropriate to follow up with, uh, with a bread product. And the other one is a beer-based product. Um, coming from other other material, remember the beer can be anything that is intoxicating. So it can it can come from sh- from figs or um, a fig brandy or something like that, 
or dates, uh, date mead, whatever, any sweet, you know, there's, so there's other ways, there's num- numerous ways that they, they produce this type of sheikhar. Um, anyway, it doesn't mean necessarily the beer that we talk, we talk about. Now, um, next we saw is that one source seems to say that asparagus is good for the la'at, for the lave ayin and chul, the heart, eye, and spleen. And it's bad for ramat, for the rosh, me'ayim, and takhtoni. Okay, the head, belly, uh, stomach, and, um, and hemorrhoids. Um, and, the other, and then there was a reverse price that says that the, for ramat it's good, for la'at it's bad. So explained, you're right. That's the difference is whether it's a, a, a wine-based one, then it's better for the lot, bad for the ramat, or if it's beer-based one, then it's reversed. Next, we saw that one source says that if you spit afterwards, it's harmful. The other one says if you don't spit afterwards, it's it's harmful. It's harmful for you. So which is it? So again, if it's wine, then not to spit. If it's beer, then to spit. Rabashi says now that that's true. So if you don't spit after a beer-based asparagus. Uh, what do you mean? It's harmful, dangerous for you, so therefore you would be allowed to do so if the phlegm comes up, you would be allowed to spit that even in front of a king and not worry about the, uh, you know, what the king's, the consequences because it's dangerous and the king will understand that you aren't going to give up your life. Okay. Next we saw Rabbi Shema ben Alisha says that he heard three things from the angel who is the officer of the interior um, and that is, number one, don't take your clothes in the morning, from the um, right, from the from your manservant, your uh, to serve you, to dress you, you pick up your clothes yourself. Um, okay, you know, halavai. Um, we should worry about these things. As we said last night, <laughs> that's not our, okay. Um, anyway, um, all right. So I don't think anybody here has a servant who's who's bringing him his anybody clothes. Anyway, does, right? The question: Does anybody here not have a servant like that? That's yeah, right. In those days, you have well, to be careful. Tell right? the servant, no, this this job I'll do myself. Okay, don't worry. My servant has a lot of take his clothes. Okay. Next one: Don't wash your hands from somebody who didn't wash his hands first. And the last thing is related to our topic, and that's why we brought this down, is don't return the cup of asparagus after you drank it only to the one who gave it to you. And the reason is is that there's either demons or angels that are harmful angels, damaging angels that are waiting for a person who does any of these wrong things that he would become and you would be vulnerable. So it creates a vulnerability, so that's why you have to avoid it. Rabbi Shum Malevi said that he heard three things from the angel of death. Um, the first two, the same as the, um, as the officer of the interior. Number one, don't take your clothes from, in the morning from the shamash and dress, but rather dress the clothes yourself. Number two, don't wash your hands from somebody who didn't wash his hands. Those are the two things. And the last one was don't stand in front of women when they're coming back from a cemetery. Question, uh, what does that mean? What? What is that referring to? I mean, obviously, I mean, it says don't stand in front of them, but what's, what's the problem? It says, he says that, that the angel of death, right, the angel of death dances in, in front of those women, he has his sword out, and he has permission to harm anybody who, who, so if you, who's, who's in, in, in his way. Them, right, so therefore, what are you, so what are you supposed to do if you see them? There's, you got to either, you jump out of the way for Amas, if there's a river, you should cross the river. If there's another path to go, then the way they're going, go the other way. Find a different route. 
um, if there is a fence, go on the other side of the fence. And if not, just turn your face around, say the special pasuk that protects against the satan, until they pass, and that's the only way to avoid the circumstance because it's very harmful. Okay. Next Even in today's? Is, it doesn't, uh, doesn't sound like that thing. I mean, there's no indication that something like that changed from past to nowadays. So I would avoid it. Okay. Uh, next we saw Rebzer in the name of Vo or Brisa that there are ten things said about the Koshal Bracha. They needs to be washed on the inside and on the outside. We'll see, actually, more will explain each of these things. There's uh, rinsing, washing. It needs to be poured um, undiluted, and then you dilute it in your cup. Um, um, you uh, fill the cup. You are surrounding it like a crown. You're wrapped up when you when you say the bracha. You take it with both your hands, put it to your right hand. You lift it up at least the tefach. You gaze at it when you're making the bracha. And some say also, some say also to give it to your wife as a gift after to drink from. Now Rabbi Yechonon says all we have is four. The hadacha and the shtifa, that's washing inside and outside. Um, it should be chai, uh, meaning you put it in undiluted, then you dilute afterwards, and it should be a full cup. The rest, I, he doesn't have on his list. Now, we explained that what had, the difference is between rinsing and washing. Hadacha means on the inside, shtifa means on the outside. Rabbi Yochanan says that when you make a bracha on a whole cup, you'll be entitled to a, a, uh, a inheritance without boundaries. And the meaning the pasuk says, a fill of the blessing of Hashem. So you filled the cup all the way. Then you get the the west and the south, meaning your boundary boundaryless. Um, didn't say where the boundaries are. It keeps going. As long as you can still go west, you still get. It. Okay, Rabbi Yosef says you get both worlds, this world and the world to come. What is Itor? That's where Itub Shatin. Rabbi Yudha says it's a, a person should be surrounded with his students when he's making a bracha. And Rav Chizda says that it's uh, cups, little cups that are being, that are, that surround them. Rav Chanan uh, uh, says um, that we're talking about that it should be Ubechai, uh, which means that it should be. Um, with, uh, with non non diluted, um, and Rav Shesha says, and uh, you should keep it that way up until Birchas Haaretz. Okay, there's a bit of a gear set change over there. Okay, next we talked about is what is Itof. Um, Itof is like Rav Papa. He would wrap himself in his turban when he made the bracha. Um, Rav Asi would put on his kerchief when he on his head when he made the bracha. It says pick it up with both hands. And uh, that's based on the pasuk of kodesh Hashem. So lift up your hands when making kiddush. So it's both hands pick up the cup, okay? Um, then you put it to your right hand. That the original people asked the question: What about the left hand helping the right hand hold the cup? So the so it's a they, they didn't have a clear answer. So Ravashi says, being that that's the case. Um, we should not. We should be strict on it. Then it says that it should be lifted up at least a tefach. That's based on the pasuk of Kol Yishuos Esa of Shem Hashem Ekra. Then you're supposed to gaze at it so that you don't get distracted. Meaning you won't be thinking about other things. You'll be thinking about the bracha you're making, and then you hand it to your wife as a gift. That's so that uh, she should be blessed. 
Okay. Then Ula came to Rav Nachman. They had a meal together and made uh, made Birchus Amazon, and they had the cup of the bracha, and he handed it to Rav Nachman. So Rav Nachman says, "Can I, you know, send it further to my wife Yalta?" And he says, "Rav Yochanan says that the blessing." To the wife goes via the husband. So if it goes through you, so if you got the kosher bracha, your wife doesn't need the kosher bracha. It's good enough. And he quoted the pasuk, "Previtnicha." Um, is what it says. It doesn't say "Previtna." And uh, they brought down a brisa. Rav Nassim says the same thing. Meantime, uh, Yalta heard about this that she's not getting the kosher bracha. She was so upset that she went to the wine, the winery, I mean, the, the wine cellar, and broke 400 barrels of wine. So Rav Nachman tried appeasing her by saying, oh, I'll give you another cup, don't worry, we have other cups of bracha. Um, and uh, she's like, um, yeah, the per- people who go traveling, they all, all they have is, is gossip, and the people who wear worn clothes, all they have is lice. And basically, I, he, she was basically giving a... Um, um, she was just giving a, you know, a shtach or whatever, a poke to, to, to him that, you know, you're trying to appease me, but I'm not going to be appeased. She was holding in that opinion. What? It was his fault. It was so she, was, she, 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 she disagreed. She didn't do that strongly. Yes, she she, very fair. Well, she, well, she certainly she made her point. I, I guarantee you that was the last time Rav Nachman, you know, <laughs> took his chance. something about women, huh? It wasn't his fault. <laughs> it was Ula's fault. fault. Yeah. Yeah. Who's going to pay for the wine? I doubt the insurance will cover that. Okay. Ravasi um, says that you're not supposed to talk once you're holding the kosher bracha. And Ravasi says that you're not supposed to make a bracha on the kosher peranos, which we explained is the second cup, because we're not supposed to, every, as we know, the double cups are the problematic. Every second one can be dangerous. Uh, that's the concept of zugos we had before. And that's what we said. It's hichol mukasus elokach Yisrael, and this is not uh, prepared. Uh, next, we saw uh, it's a brisa. If you're eating and traveling, you can make the bracha while standing. But when you're uh, um, um, and uh, you can make uh, the bracha, but but uh, when you bench, you have to bench sitting. Same is true when you're li- when you're leaning and eating. Okay, so you have your meal in the leaning position. Let's say, you know, like what they had, you know, on those couches. So that's how you ate. But when you bench, you also have to sit up and not be leaning when you're benching. It's not an appropriate way to bench. So you always bench in a regular sitting manner. And that's the bottom line. Halacha, Yoshev Umavarech. Um, and that brought us to the Nuperek, which the, the Mishnah was talking about all the differences in um, what we do at the Seuda at the meal. So the first thing is machlokas, differences between Beisham and Beisham. So first machlokas in the meal is Beisham says that the bracha, birchas hayom, kiddush of the day, the mention of the, of the kiddush of the day comes before the bracha on the wine. And Beisham says it's the other way around, that the wine comes before the day. That's the first one. Beisham says that you do netil zedayim before you pour the cup of wine. Uh, meaning you mix your wine. And Beis Hillel says, no, you do the wine first, and then you do the time after the wine. Beis Shammai says you, you can wipe your hands on the towel and leave it on the table. Beis Hillel says, no, use it, leave it on, your, on the couch that you're sitting on, on the seat, cushion. Beis Shammai says you clean the house first, and then you do until the time for after the meal. Beis Hillel says, no, you do until the time for after the meal, and then you clean the house. 
Beshamay says uh, that the order of brachos is near mazom samim havdala. First the candle, then birchza mazom, then samim, then havdala. And Beshilo says no, it's near samim together, and then mazom and havdala. Beshamay says it's baru meorheish. Beshilo says baru meoreish. You don't say a bracha on the candle or psalmim of Gentiles. You don't say a bracha on candles or psalmim of deceased. We'll see more about that. And or candle or psalmim of idolatry. Um, and you don't, and also when it comes to the bracha on the candle, you must benefit from the candle before you make the bracha. And if you ate and you forgot to bench, Hashem says you must go back to where you started where you had the meal and bench there. Basil says, no, you, wherever you remember to have to go back, you bench where you are. Until when can you still bench? Until the food has been digested. If there's wine that's coming after the meal. So, and that's the only cup of wine. Beishamay says, you make the bracha on the wine, and then you make the bracha on the mazon. And Basil says, no, mazon first, birchas and mazon first, and then you make a bracha on the wine after benching. You answer Amen after Yisrael that says a bracha, but you don't answer Amen after Kuti that says a bracha unless you heard the entire bracha. So that was the Mishnah. The Gemara then says the first machlokes of Mavarchal Yom Barchak and Mavarchal Yayin, the reason is because the, the, why is the pshat, what's the Pshat Beshamin? Number one, the day causes the wine to come. Meaning, why am I having wine now? Not because I'm thirsty for wine, but because it's the holiday or it's Shabbos, and that brings, that's why I bring out the wine. So the cause, the primary cause of this act is the day, so therefore the day comes first. Number two, um, the, uh, the, the, the day has been already sanctified before you brought out the wine, and now you bring out the wine afterwards. So the priority also goes to what was brought out first, which was the day came first before the wine was brought out. Okay, Basil says, no, you make a bracha on the wine, and then you make a bracha on the day. Why? Because the wine is what ena- is the enabler of me making Kiddush. And um, another pshat is that the bracha of wine is tadir, is more regular, and the bracha of the yom is eno tadir, it's only on this special occasion, Shabbos or Yom Tif. And the bracha, and the order of uh, is always that what's more regular, when it's less the regular, the more regular bracha comes before the less regular one. The halacha follows Beis Hillel, and uh, that's the bottom line. Now, the question is, why do we need a second explanation for Beis Hillel? Because you might think that since Beis has two reasons, and Beis only provided one, so you might think the halacha should follow Beis That's why we told you that actually Beis also has two reasons, that, be, that, that the wine is Tadir and the Yom is Eina Tadira. Okay. And Allah follows Basil, isn't that obvious? We, uh, we know the heavenly voice came out that we always have to paskin like Basil. So we had two explanations why we need to say that. Number one, if this is this halacha could Basil happen before the Baskal came out. Or number two, um, it could be that it was after the Baskal, but it's following the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua, who says that we do not pay attention to the Baskal, we just listen to what we understand. And majority rules how we understand it, regardless of what the Baskal is, and that's why um, it doesn't matter. Okay, so we'll stop over here.